Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name is Colin. I am the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Uh, I'm doing a 10K tomorrow, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's going to be hot. Don't, don't sound so surprised. It's not that bad. It's like 22 degrees or something. Okay. What's, um, yeah. what's, what are you aiming for? Uh, finishing it. Okay. <laughs> do you, do you, have a, you don't have a time in mind? No. Yeah, well, I would say it, but then it would be very embarrassing. Okay. Uh, so let's go with finishing it. Did I ever tell you about the time I ran a 10K in 43 minutes? Did you? Really? Well, sort of. Um, I, I signed so up, no, then. I signed up for a 10K. Oh, yeah, someone else ran for someone you. Someone else ran it for me in 43 minutes. But according to the records, it was under my name. So, um, uh, so I nailed Isn't it. this one of your bucket list or something? It is. It's on my list of things to do. I'm hoping to do it next year. Because yeah, I'm, uh, I'm back running again. You know, you could just run for me this time around as well, Colin. Uh, well, on my list of things to do is the Bristol 10K. I was very specific. So uh, so uh, that's not until next uh, May, I think. How convenient. Well, all the best. Um, I, 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 uh, does this mean you're going to miss the cricket, Zijan? What cricket? Um, <laughs> so I thought, you, I thought you were a British citizen now. Isn't this not a necessary thing for you to learn on your... Um, it's the Cricket World Cup tomorrow, as we record, or last Sunday, so- isn't this? And England are in the World Cup final. Two, two, two points of contention here. Number one, yes. I'm not a British citizen yet. Are you not? Oh, sorry. No, I'm not. I and were. number two, yeah, okay. even if I was a British citizen, I still don't care about cricket. No, yeah. no, no. I'm a, I'm a resident. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, legally, very different, um, especially if you ask the Home Office. Um, <laughs> I've never I've never taken the test because I, I was born here, but I understand um, you have to pledge your allegiance to the England cricket team. That's that's one of the things. Uh, that's why I'll never get <laughs> British citizenship then. Oh, well. Um, today we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, um, and we're also talking about, what are we also talking about? Talking, uh, films with Liam Neeson, got a Jump Street quiz, and much, much more. Much more. Um, but we start, as we always do, um, with some movie news. Here, Jan, what's, what's been going on in the world of movies? Uh, so, The Little Mermaid has been casting. It has. And creating some controversy as well. Well, I think other people are creating controversy for themselves, to be fair. <laughs> so, they've casted... Uh, Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey, not to be confused with Halle Berry. Which was <laughs> where I got mistaken the first. When I first heard the name, I was like, "So they're making Halle Berry Ariel." A lot, a lot of people uh, thought that was possibly um, the wrong age for for Ariel, but uh, as it turned out, it's a it's a a singer of some variety that no one's ever heard of. Nope, not whatsoever. But obviously, the internet being the internet likes to kick up a fuss over things like this because she is not ginger. Well, oh, mermaid. It's our it's our recurring segment of um, the controversies of uh, famous fictional redheads being played by uh, by African Americans. Uh, after the the Zendaya MJ conversation last time, which I must admit was more was fairly one sided. I don't remember you taking an actor interest in that. No, not really. Um, we're back. Um, yeah, it, it seems a trifle perverse, and I think Disney they knew full well what was going to happen. And I, maybe I'm being cynical. Um, but possibly they quite like having the headlines. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I, I don't care whatsoever. Um, is she going to well, be? Is she going to be redheaded though? That's the question. Yeah, you can, you can, you can ask her this. I, I can, I will. I won't do that. Um, there was, do you know, uh, Candice Patton? She, um, she plays um, what's her name? Um, uh, in Flash, Flash's girlfriend. Uh, Iris. Iris. Um, who is, is a redhead in the comics and, and, and Candice is, is African-American. And, and uh, I remember her retweeting a while ago a, a thing. Um, I think I think they said black is the new orange, which was rather clever. Um, but various comic book characters who are redheads in the comics and and, uh, and black in the adaptations. So it seems to be, um, mm, seems to be a theme. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't uh, realise that. Um, not not only have they casted Ariel, there's, uh, they are, they're eyeing Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. As Ursula. On yeah, on the one hand, I find this slightly odd. On the other hand, I just don't care at all because I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. Um, nope. Unless you make me watch it, and uh, I'm... nah, I probably won't. Cool. Yeah, but anyway, for those Disney files out there, I know you're out there because our Disney uh, podcast has gotten a lot of views in our top ten, Colin. By the way, um, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear it, Zijan. You, you realize? Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna spend. Hold on, give me it's more not, time to talk about not, Disney. It's not I a know. competition. People want to hear about Disney. Just because you don't want to. Um, please carry on. Tell me more about, uh, yes. about Disney, about our, our overlords. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rob Marshall and Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, to co-write some new songs as well. Um, they've teamed up last for Mary Poppins Returns. 
that's our latest news. So let me see. Well, uh, under the sea, that's a little moment, isn't it? Yes, that is correct. Anything Come else on. big from that? Uh, Kiss the girl. No, don't know. Uh, poor unfortunate souls. No. You have a very poor deprived childhood. <laughs> I, well, as I'm sure I said on the podcast before, um, Little Mermaid is the scariest film I've ever seen. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, no, I thought it was Beauty and the Beast because of the animated. No, projects. no, no. Um, when I was, oh, I don't know how old I was. When I was a kid, um, my my grandmother had had rented Little Mermaid and. Uh, and I was watching it with my dad, and uh, I was in floods of tears because I was terrified by Ursula. Um, she is quite scary, though. She yeah. is quite terrifying. And I've not, I've not watched <laughs> it since, and I have no, okay. no desire to see it, uh, to see it again. Okay, yeah, I mean, the, the, I'm, I'm sensing a bit of a backlash um, growing about these Disney live-action remakes. Yeah, I think um, yeah. Recently, I mean, Dumbo didn't have great reviews. Yeah. Aladdin was just okay, and you know, Lion King reviews are out, and we are going to watch it for next podcast yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, they haven't been great. They, they all just sound like you know, it's basically a rehash of the original. Disney trying to make more money from nostalgia. Yeah. Well, so uh, I, I mean, I know they've got a lot more of these planned to go, uh, and they've got another few this year. But I, I suspect. They might, well, as, as long as they keep making loads of money, I guess they'll keep doing them. But, um, mm, exactly. Um, what else we got? Uh, Baz Luhrmann is working on a biopic of Elvis, which um, we already knew so some time ago. and said that Tom Hanks was playing um, uh, Colonel Parker, Colonel Tom Parker. Yep. Um, but now he's got a shortlist for the guy to play Elvis. Um, Ooh, so I've heard this. Yeah, so there's five names on the shortlist. Four of them are big names. One of them very much isn't. Um, so let's go through them. Uh, Ansel Elgort. Okay. Um, of uh, Baby Driver fame. Can uh, you see? Well, he's in West Side Story coming up, so I guess ah. so. Must be able to. Um, who strikes me as maybe a bit too baby-faced for Elvis. I can't really... I mean, he's, he's a good actor, but I, I'm not sure he'd be my favourite. Um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, um, of much fame. Uh, but how, how, how old is Elvis supposed to be in this film? Well, judging from this list, I think fairly young. And I think Aaron Taylor-Johnson might be a bit on the older side for this. Um mm. He, he, of course, he's played John Lennon in Nowhere Boy, um, so he's got some got some history of playing a, a musical legend. Uh, I think that was his first big film, I think, or maybe Kick-Ass was around that time. Um, Harry Styles, um, so we know he can sing. Uh, he was in Dunkirk, so I guess he can act, but uh, I'd be very surprised if they go down that route. Uh, my favourite for it, Miles Teller. Um, okay. Who uh, I, I'm a big fan of his acting. He's... Um, and I think he look he's got more of an Elvis swagger than some of the I can, rest of them. I can see that, yeah. Mm. I, can, I can definitely see that. Um, I've no idea what his singing voice is like. I don't think I've seen him singing in anything. Not, no, I can't think of anything. Um, he's going to be in Top Gun Maverick coming up soon, so he's still uh, doing the big films. Uh, and the one I've not heard of is a chap called Austin Butler, um, who is oh. going to be in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming up later this year, although not in a huge okay. role, I think. Um, yeah, so the, those are the five. Um, yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be Miles Teller, but uh, we shall see. I've never seen, there's a, there's a Kurt Russell film called Elvis, which apparently is very good, which I've never seen. Um, so we've already had an Elvis biopic, well, I'm sure we've had several, but we've had a big Elvis biopic, but um, I guess this must be his younger, well, unless they're going to try and do the whole kind of all the way through his life type thing and age them up, either CGI or makeup or something. Hmm. So many biopics, man. Hmm. So and Baz Luhrmann, biopics. Baz Luhrmann at the helm, it's going to be, uh, one suspects, quite a big production. Uh, the man behind yeah. Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet. And it would be. What have you? It's been a while since I've seen a Barcelona film as well. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think, think it was the last one I saw. Great Gatsby. That's going back oh, That was bit. quite lavish as well. Yeah. I'm trying to think. He's done something more recently, I think. I can't quite remember what it is. Yeah. Um, Australia. That was quite big. That was before that. More casting news. Okay. Uh, the Marvel's Eternals film, which is coming up, I, I'm guessing next year. Well given that's the only thing that's coming out, has recent, uh, reportedly cast um, Millie Bobby Brown from uh, oh, Stranger yeah. Things fame. This is this is shaping up to be quite the cast. It is, it is. Um, I've just finished uh, Stranger Things uh, Season 3, which just came out recently, and it's excellent. Very, very good uh, show, if those who hasn't watched it. And I'm a big fan of Millie Bobby Brown. I thought she was very good in that uh, show. And I've also read, finally read, the Eternals comics, Colin. Oh, yeah. Yes, because I have no idea who they were before uh, the announcement of this film. And uh, I got an opportunity to uh, read the comics. Um, yeah. Is it quite um, a recent invention, the Eternals? No. Um, well, the comics, uh, the drawings in the comics don't look very recent, so I don't think they are. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're just 
they're just a different group of super powered um, beings in the Marvel universe. Really, you know, you have the in uh, Inhumans, um, you have the mutants, you have those people who, um, and random people. So they're just a different group of people. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, that's um, who have got like powers. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, direct news so Sherlock Holmes 3 um, has been on the slate for a while um, but it's not going to be Guy Ritchie directing apparently it's going to be uh, Dexter Fletcher of Rocket Man fame oh. uh, which uh, I'm not sure what Guy Ritchie's up to or whether he just doesn't fancy returning for it but I think that's, uh, obviously Rocket Man was great so it'd be nice to see Dexter Fletcher and uh, I like Sherlock, the Sherlock Holmes films with Robert Downey Jr so um, I'm quite excited about seeing this comeback I can't remember what happened in the Sherlock Holmes films. Um, he solved some murders. Is uh, the first one's very good. The second one, not so, not so much. But, uh, be nice to see those two back again. And well, I say two. It's uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Who knows if we'll see Rachel McAdams again in that? Um, or Numi Rapace, who I think was. In the second uh, Rachel McAdams was in it. Uh, Rachel McAdams, yeah, she was Irene Adler. She was quite sure. She had a big part in the first one, uh, and then she got hey. killed off early on in the second one, albeit in such a way that if they want to bring her back. They, can, they could they could write round it, yeah. Uh, well, as I say, not memorable to me whatsoever. Fair enough. No, <laughs> um, more directing news. Well, I say potential directing news because it's about the Flash. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> the, uh, they're going... I think Andy Warhol once said, um, eventually everyone will direct the Flash for 15 minutes. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, they, they're really going through their directors, aren't they? Uh, so... Recently, they're in talks with um, Andy Muschietti. And for those who don't know, he recently directed IT series. So it's chapter one and chapter two. IT chapter one got very good reviews. IT chapter two will come out this year with James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain. So, um, yeah, well. Um, the dream I'm team just... back from uh, from X-Men Dark Phoenix. Well, don't, don't take my <laughs> word for it. No one knows what's going to happen. So just assume just assume there'll be a new director in two weeks' time. Like I say, by the time this goes out on Wednesday, um, who knows who's directing it. But as of, yep. as of Saturday, he's the guy. Um, Red Notice is a film that's coming to Netflix. Um, I didn't, I'd never heard of this, but it was already in the pipeline. But um, it was uh, Gal Gadot and Dwayne Johnson. But now um, Ryan Reynolds has joined, the, joined it as well. Um, but it's quite notable because uh, it was at Universal. They had a contract and everything, and then uh, for reasons mm-hmm. I can't quite understand, um, they broke the contract. Well, they were somehow allowed to break the contract, and uh, Netflix bid. And um, with a budget of $130 million... That's uh, insane. It's apparently going to be Netflix's uh, biggest budget film ever, although that's about the level that The Irishman is. So it's, it's I'm not sure which is going to be more, but this is... Um, Netflix is in the big leagues now. Where are they got it, getting their money from? Uh, you and me, uh, Zijan, you and me. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my seven quid a month is definitely funding this. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I paid £10 a month for the Ultra HD. So. Uh, that's, it's all you then, Colin. That's it. No, it's, it, it's no way they're making this kind of money. How, how is it possible? They're not even advertising anything, so it's definitely not sponsors. Um well, didn't we discover that actually they're hugely in debt? Um, but it's, it's strange to me because I think yeah, the Irishman, the budget is because they're aging down. Um, yeah, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Al Pacino. Um, I'm assuming they're not doing anything that close. I think on everyone, Netflix is a small screen. That's the whole point. Mm. You don't need a big effects budget, surely. I mean, it's it's going to be a bit lost on the small screen, I'd have thought. So it seems oh. a, an odd, odd gambit. Well, I was well, I was speaking about Stranger Things earlier, and the the recent series looks like they spent a hell of money okay. on production budget is one hundred thirty million. Wow! And I mean, in fairness, I don't know how much of that is paying the salaries of Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne Johnson, who don't come cheap. Um, so, what's the film about, Colin? By the way, uh, I've forgotten. If I'm honest, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all about the money for me now. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Let's let's uh, let, oh, Dwayne Johnson's being paid twenty million dollars for this. Dum 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 dum. Yeah, this this is where you know there's a break. It's an international action thriller centered around the pursuit of the most wanted art thief in the world. Wow! It takes place in multiple countries. Well, that's where the hundred thirty million budget comes. It's just all on plane tickets. Yeah, I, mean, I imagine that Dwayne Johnson needs t- at least two seats for those muscles. <laughs> There is going to be a reboot of Look Who's Talking. Good lord. <laughs> 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 All right. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't, can't end. I can't end it there. <laughs> um, did, did Disney own it? Uh, I have no idea. But for those who don't know, it's about a talking baby. Um, well, he doesn't really talk in the film, does it? He does. He just has an inner voice. I don't think I've ever seen it. No, who sounds a lot like Bruce Willis. I thought it was John Travolta. And yeah, John Travolta and Kirstie oh, Allen he's, are he's the parents. Dad, okay. Yeah, Bruce Willis is the baby's voice. Okay, good for him. Oh, it's TriStar. Does TriStar exist? I would say a part of Sony. Ah, oh, Sony, what are you doing? Uh, well, anyway, they can, fold this into, they can fold this into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, do we know anything more about it? No, I'm not going to add any more. You can go on. No, okay. Um, Bill and Ted 3 has got some more casting. Um, Gillian Bell, who you'll remember from uh, uh, Jump Street, or 22 Jump Street. And Kristen Schaal, who you might know from uh, uh, Flight of the Concord, I guess, is a, where I know her from. Mm. Uh, I don't know what the roles they've been casting, but they're both um, both comedians, so obviously, well, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a comedy, if that makes sense. Um, but they've both done quite a few things, both very funny, on their day. So. Oh, okay. Mm. I like Flight of the Concords. Yeah, that's great. Um, Kristen Schaal plays their, their number one, indeed only, fan. Um, yeah, it's, it started filming as well, This uh, I think about a week ago. Okay. So well, I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while. Definitely going to happen. Yeah. After all these years of false stars. Okay. My last bit of news is something which I thought you were brought it up immediately. Oh, but yeah. now I have no choice but to bring it up. Yeah. But I don't really care about it. Okay. So you have to expand about this because I know you love this. There, um, there are some pictures of uh, Stormtroopers mm. that came out recently. And there is a red one. What's so now, Colin? Yeah. Over to you. Um, in uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, uh, do you know what it's called, Zijan? The Sith Stormtrooper. A Sith Trooper. That's right. Uh, um, yeah, I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, I, I do love Star Wars. Although, I mean, in in the realms of people who love Star Wars, I, I, I'm not going to count myself as a James Lee. But uh, I can't get that excited by a different color Stormtrooper. I'm afraid. Um, I mean, it, it's clearly just there to sell more toys. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I won't buy them, but uh, I <laughs> I just can't get that excited um, uh, by that. Come off, he's a news well, sort of news. One of them is um, so. There's a you remember the Big Lebowski? Do you ever see Big Lebowski? I've heard of a Big Lebowski totally because good. it was mentioned in um, Avengers Endgame. Right, um, it's a bit of a cult classic. I saw it a couple of years ago. Uh, it's not not my favourite Coen Brothers, but um. Uh, there's going to be a spin-off called The Jesus Rolls. Um, so named because one of the characters in the Big Lebowski is called Jesus. He's played by John Turturro. Uh, and the Rolls, I think, relates to the fact he is a keen bowler, as he is in the film. Um, so it's getting a 2020 release. Uh, the Coen brothers have got absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, but curiously, John Turturro filmed it in 2016. <laughs> what? Uh, and apparently he's been spending the last few years trying to persuade someone to release it. So that, that amused me. Um Anyway, it's happening. Wow. Um, so for the for fans of The Big Lebowski, a film that involves none of the same creative people but has one of the same characters, it's coming our way. And finally, this isn't news really, but I thought it quite amusing. Um, Dave Bautista on Twitter, someone tweeted him saying, you should be in the Fast and Furious franchise. And he said, uh, tweeted back saying, um, basically, no thanks. And then a hashtag, I'd rather be in good films. Um <laughs> Um, in, in other news um, Escape Plan 3 starring Dave Bautista is in cinemas now uh, uh, except in the US where it got released his, on DVD his recent film Stubo isn't it is out in the cinemas recently yep, two stars with um, yep not, not great reviews either it's, so it's funny this one to say yeah he's, he's I, I like him a lot and I think the Guardians films are great and, and uh, Blade Runner 2049 was great and um, I thought he was good and Spectre for as much as he did, but uh, he's not done. He's not done uniformly great films, has he? Um, mm, exactly. It's a bit rich. Mm. He wasn't. Wasn't he like he was some film involved in motorbiking around the roof of West Ham Stadium for a football heist film, wasn't? Kind of. terrible. Anyway, uh, we move on then to our segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we have recently seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not to Z them. Zijan. Hello. Have you been uh, watching any films? I have. I saw yesterday. Uh, what did you see yesterday? I saw yesterday. But what did you see yesterday? This is this, <laughs> this is comedy this, this, this is not. <laughs> Can you just cut this off? With the Abbott and Costello of 2019. No, it's not. 
Anyway, the same film you saw a couple of weeks ago, Colin. That's uh, what I saw. I, I'm fully afraid. Well, um, so I, I thought it was okay, but a little disappointing. Did, what did you think? Yeah. <laughs> so after you saw it like that, I went in there with uh, a lot more trepidation than I would have done. And I would agree with you okay. on that. I think there were a lot of missed opportunities in this film. Okay. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't work out. Like I mean, they could have broached the subject of you know what would the Beatles music be like if you know it wasn't the Beatles who was going to sing it. You know, hmm. would, yeah, or would, would it pan out well in modern days? It it just it doesn't go into too much detail in that. I mean, he was playing the mu- music in the pub once, and no one was listening and paying attention to that, and then suddenly he did it big. It was, yeah, it was touched lightly, but not dealt. Um, when went into as in that as I would like it to be hmm. and uh, I do agree there wasn't much chemistry between the main leads yeah. uh, Hamish Patel and uh, Lily James and um, Lily James is clearly the better actor yes very very yeah, clearly yeah, the better, better actor yeah, yeah. in the film as well which which is a shame for Hamish because it's his first uh, big screen debut um, I, I guess um, yeah it's, it's, it's a shame it's, yeah um, since you bring it up again, I, there, there are three fairly uh, geeky bits of Beatles uh, trivia that I didn't bring up last time, but um, uh, don't amuse me. Uh, so one of them is, you know he's got all his post-it notes on the wall of all the different songs. Yep. Uh, one, he's got Revolution 9 up there, um, which for anyone who knows anything about uh, Revolution 9, I suspect he wouldn't be recording. Um, he, he also makes reference to the song... Uh, for the benefit of Mr. Kite, which, as you all know, is being for the benef- benefit of Mr. Kite. And in okay. fact, there's, um, there's some audio um, on, I think it was on Anthology, of uh, John Lennon correcting the sound engineer who calls it for the benefit of Mr. Kite. So maybe that was a very subtle reference to that. I suspect not. Um, and also, he makes reference to James Taylor, who apparently is successful in this world, despite the fact that, as I'm sure you know, Zijan, uh, James Taylor's initial success came because he was playing on Apple Records. To the extent that uh, George Harrison stole the opening line of uh, something in the way she moves for his song Something on uh, Abbey Road. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you learned so much from this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I love the Beatles. Uh, I saw um, The Front Runner, um, starring Hugh Jackman. I saw it on DVD. It's a film that came out in this country in January or February. February. Probably. Yeah, it was meant to be Hugh Jackman's Oscar bit for last year, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And I did very, very badly at the box office. Um, mm. It was a bit of a bomb, to be honest, which, um, which I didn't really know until I was looking up. Uh, I think it's really good, actually. So it's a story, uh, it's a true story of um, an American politician uh, who was the front runner to get the Democratic nomination. He was revealed to have uh, had an affair mm. and this basically disabled his, his campaign. And, and it's very much the kind of the first time that uh, that a high-profile politician had his campaign fall apart like that. And, and the film makes reference to the fact that yes, people like um, JFK or even uh, Lyndon Johnson uh, had lots of mistresses, but the press just agreed to look the other way. And this is kind of the first time that they hadn't. Mm. Um, I think it's, yeah, so it's really, I think Hugo, Hugh Jackman puts in a very good performance. Uh, it feels like the kind of film that people say don't, doesn't get made anymore. You always get these kind of, oh, no, no one makes these kind of mid-budget proper dramas anymore. And and, and it's not true. They, they, they do happen. It's just probably no one sees them. Um, that's, that's probably why, though, they don't make enough money to cover their losses. I, I, I guess so. And it's the kind of thing that, yeah, I can see it's why I didn't do one of the Oscars, well, didn't really get into the, stay in the Oscars conversation. It's not, it's good. It's not great. And it, and it owes a lot to, I think, uh, films like All the President's Men, say, or the kind of journalism slash politics films. But I, I like that genre. And uh, yeah, and whilst this wasn't a kind of must-see, I'd, I'd recommend seeing it. That's good. Uh, right, then we move on to our main segment of the day. It's uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, the oh, seventh Spider-Man film of of recent years, maybe. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm stretching recent to, to, to cover quite a lot of ground there. Yeah. Um, they're back. Tom Holland. Jacob Batalon, Zendaya, Samuel Jackson, Kobe yep. Smulders, all the crew. And Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal. As the new mysterious newcomer. Uh, Mysterio, who, who, unlike every other comic book appearance he's made, is a good guy in this film, right? Yep. Yep. Um, we're going to talk non-spoilers, in which Mysterio is still a good guy. And then we're going to talk spoilers, <laughs> in which he isn't. Um, <laughs> so, something to look forward to there. Um... But before we do any of that, or indeed whilst we do some of that, Zijam, what's going on? What is it? What's the plot? <laughs> so, 
this is uh, I have mentioned that this is the last film of Phase Three for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as mm, well. That's true, and it's also the first film post Avengers Endgame. So there will be spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Yes, uh, yeah. especially at the beginning of this. <laughs> so if you've not seen it, and why haven't you? You can look. Uh, you can watch the re-release, which is coming out soon. Has that not come out yet? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, spoilers for Endgame. Tony Stark died in <gasps> Endgame. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. So following that, Peter Parker, aka uh, Spider Man. Peter Parker. Sp- I thought we were doing non-spoilers. This is. Uh... Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is a seventh film, Colin. <laughs> you carry on. That's fine. Yeah, uh, wants to take a break from being a super uh, from being a superhero. Um, so he decides to go on a school trip to Europe, and while he's in Europe, he's uh, working towards uh, confessing his feelings uh, to MJ. Mm-hmm. But uh, while he was there, he bumped into there. There are some of these uh, monstrosities made out of the four elements. The elementals, mm-hmm. who are destroying Europe for apparently no apparent reason. And as far as I can work out from the trailer, they are the main bad guys of this film. And yeah, <laughs> but happily, happy um, there's a fellow hero, Mysterio. Mysterio comes and help, and I think that's pretty much it from a non-spoiler. That'll do point it. of view, right? Yeah. Um, interestingly, this is the lowest budget Spider-Man film since um, since Spider-Man One. Oh, really? Um, and in fact, I, I reckon probably if you include inflation, it's probably the lowest budget. So it's one hundred and sixty million dollars, which is still not cheap. But um, but the yeah, you know, the franchise has got up to two hundred thirty. I think Spider-Man Three was the most expensive film ever made at the time, or, or something up there. Um. I, mean, I bet it doesn't look cheap at all. It looks no, no, not at all. Like I was going to say, which which bit of it is cheap? I mean, it looks like they've spent quite a lot of money. The, the big on... saving compared to Far From Home is that Robert Downey Jr. is not in it, or at least not properly in it. Um, ah. he was the one who was being paid the big bucks. So I think um, okay, he knocked his that salary makes sense. Off. Yeah, that's that's where the difference is. Uh, and I guess stuff that was very very um, new in Spider Man Three. Um, say is very old hat, and they can just get off the get off their big Marvel computer. I guess that's how it works. So I, I enjoyed seeing all this cast back again. I, I, I say the uh, Peter, uh, Ned, MJ. These, mm. Now we've got to know them in the previous one. Um, yep. And a, a little bit since. Um, yeah, we get to see a lot more of Ned and MJ than I was expecting. Even I think. Um, so I like that though. I really yeah, like that because yeah. Um, yeah, I think. So I have to say at the beginning, like um, I didn't care a lot for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm. Like it was okay, but it, I mean there there have been better films from Marvel out there. So you know, but uh, I I I really liked what they did with uh, you know with these characters in Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home. I actually found Ned very funny <laughs> in, in this film compared to the first one. Yeah, it was, it was he, very comedic, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah, you say it was focusing a lot on these kids. Zendaya last time had almost nothing to do. She was very much just being set up for this one. Exactly, um, yeah. Because of the great character Liz, um, who can forget. Um, I, I, thanks for reminding me, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the daughter of the uh, voucher. The daughter of the voucher, of course. Um, yes, it's good to see them bouncing off each other. I thought um, I thought they judged this human very well, actually. It wasn't too wacky. Um, the teachers got quite a lot to do, and they maybe pushed the wackiness a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, and Flash and Betty Brandt, of course. Um, and in fact, I, I I spent quite a lot of time trying. You know, um, they they have Betty Brandt and her fellow newsreader, um, whose name escapes me, at the school. I spent some time in the film trying to work out who he was, and then had to look it yep. up. And he's the guy in uh, Bumblebee. Ah, so. oh, okay. Ah, uh, yes. There you go. Oh, I, I can't believe you recognize all these things. I didn't. <laughs> well, sorry, I think I, he was just there briefly, wasn't he? Like, <laughs> but I was looking and thinking, I know him. I know him. Who is he? <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Uh, well, one thing is, like, do American kids actually go on school trips to Europe? Like, I never get a chance to go do this kind of thing. How much money are you actually paying um, them? If you are an American school child, email in cdzmovies at gmail.com. Let us know. Do you go to on trips to Europe? We want to know a trip. I mean, we want to know a trip to France. Um, it's obviously do these things? You are in Europe, Colin. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's the same it's, continent. It's not as far. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess Marvel loves to go to London. <laughs> that's a that's a big. 
it's, it's true, but do, um, do American public school kids actually do travel to Europe for 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 a school tour? I mean, like I reckon the, they probably. I mean, you got you got to find culture somewhere, haven't you? you got to um, come uh, Canada, Canada, yeah, <laughs> Philadelphia. Lots of culture there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was quite. A bit, I was a bit jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go to Europe when I was a, a kid, a teenager. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i never been to Prague where they went. I've ne- never been to uh, Venice where they went. I was a bit jealous myself, I suppose. Um, so we see, as you say, to, um, Peter Parker doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. It's a little bit Spider-Man 2, isn't it, with the whole uh, Spider-Man no more and all that? Not really doesn't want to be, right? It's more like wanting to take a break. I mean, it's not like he didn't jump into his suit straight away once he saw people in danger in Venice. Like, well, he did, but even then he was telling Nick Fury that he didn't want to do it. He wanted to, couldn't they ask someone else instead? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think he, he plays that very well, the kind of struggle between regular life and superhero life. That he, yeah. With great power comes great responsibility and all that, but, uh, but hey, he's just... He's just a kid. He's just saved the world. He's just a kid. And he's a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old. So, no idea how old he is. Um, but. Yeah, something like that, isn't it? Um, oh. It's a uh, so there's this so I say Robert Downey Jr. Obviously, um, Iron Man is is dead, but he still his kind of his shadow looms heavily over this film, doesn't it? Mm. It's uh, it's all about Peter Parker is the new Iron Man. Iron Man has left him his equipment. He's he's trusting him. Even yeah. seen the trailers, uh, Happy Hogan saying, "You know, I don't think don't think Tony Stark would have done what he did. I killed himself to to save the world. Um, if he if t- uh, Spider Man hadn't been there to carry it on, which um is a lot of weight to put on the kid's shoulders as well. It is. It is. I, I felt really bad for uh, Peter, especially when you know Nick Fury uh, was so insistent of him being a superhero, especially when there are so many hard heaters out there in the Marvel universe. Yeah, and they have a little run through of him naming some of them. Oh yeah, Thor's off world and Captain Marvel's off world and Doctor Strange's busy or <laughs> there are still a lot of heroes they've not mentioned exactly <laughs> so, exactly not like, i mean he's still a kid he's still a kid i don't know really. there's been a bit of a um a bit of a backlash not a huge backlash but of the kind of the link linking peter parker too closely to iron man to kind of make him iron man jr what would you reckon about that yeah. I, I don't see that at all no i mean when, when people just say that he's going to be the next iron man it's more like you know him just you know, stepping up to to save, um, to be the protector of New York, but that's, that's all the, the the connections I can make. I mean, I mean, Tony Stark and Peter Parker are vastly different characters. Yeah, and, I, and, and people, and I'm glad that they kind of made that clearer as the film went on. I think because I I can see why they've pushed the link, partly because Iron Man is so popular, uh, and it feeds off the previous film. Obviously, was in it and and the, the arc through Infinity War and Endgame. But yeah, I I I don't want to see him just trying to be the new Iron Man wearing an iron spider suit with the AI and all the same gear and stuff and and, and I like I like the fact that there was less AI in this one that was one of the things I didn't like about Homecoming I think you mm. you said the same yeah the one with the four four legs and all that mm. uh, the extra legs uh, it's it's not Spider-Man Spider-Man is a very grounded superhero yeah and you kind of you He's at his best, I think, when he's scrapping to make it work. When he's on the yes. kind of the cusp, yeah, his web shooters are running out, or he, he's yes. striving to hide his identity and balance his mm-hmm. life and stuff. And it was nice to see more of that. Um, what did you think about fellow superhero and all-round good guy Mysterio? I love Jack Gyllenhaal. Mm. I really do. He has great hair, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was going through the whole film thinking, oh my god, why why does he have such good hair in this film? I really want Jack Gyllenhaal hair. Okay. <laughs> He does. He's got a very good beard. Um, as well. He does. He does. Oh wow! I mean, Jack Gyllenhaal is a great actor. He really is, and I think I I love the way he portrayed uh, Mysterio in this. I mean, so Mysterio acts like a, a brother, older brotherly figure, an uncle figure. Yeah, for, he's kind of the new uh, mentor, isn't he? Yeah, a new mentor for him, trying to guide him along the ways um, to fight the new baddies in this film, the Elementals. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you you can't see this, but I'm putting quotation marks on <laughs> my fingers. <so laughs> all the way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic. Great. And, it, and it was great to see him in this role, because I, 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 he's not a Marvel fan. Um, it's pretty clear. No, and, not at all. I was yeah. a little bit surprised that he signed up for it, but I think he did a great job and, and made it his own. I was reading an interview uh, that he signed up because um, he, he, he knew about the script and what happened, so he oh, liked okay. what uh, what what happened to the Mysterio character? So that's why he chose to sign up for it. And he was very nearly Spider Man in Spider Man Two, of course. Back he in the day. was because uh, Tobey Maguire hurt his 
leg or something. Hurt his back. Um, okay. Which I was watching. So apparently he, he hurt his back, but also there was a kind of a pay dispute. And it sounds, the rumour kind of was that he was he was basically using it to try and get more money off them. And then they kind of used Jake Ginlan as a, um, well, we don't need you. We've got someone else. So it all, all seemed to be kind of contract negotiations. Um, mm. And then apparently one of the, one of the uh, newspapers you see in the film so, um, has a little thing saying, can chronic back pain cause brain shrinkage? <laughs> so um, well, that's uh, all very funny. Speak, this isn't relevant to this, but I only found out since our last podcast, so I'm going to mention it. Um, you know in Spider-Man, the first Sam Raimi one, where he catches all that food on the tray? Uh-huh, yeah. Apparently that was, that was done for real. And it took no. something like 120 takes to get it. No. Apparently, so there was, it was all kind of, I don't know if it was, probably wasn't Velcro or something, but it was all kind of sticky stuff so that, so that it could stick to the thing, but they still um, had to do it well over 100 times. Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't oh, know. There must be better, there must be better ways of using your, uh... ah. Yeah, it's like, we're going to CGI, CGI entire characters, but um, no, you're going to you're gonna catch this stuff. Anyway. Um, back to this film. Um, yeah, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal would have made a good Peter Parker back in those days as well, if he wanted to. Yeah, he I got the so. part. I think so. So, yeah, and I, I, you know, in a lot of like DC films, you see like more, more of the more experienced actors feel like they are just homing in in the films, but mm. it doesn't come across like that in this film. No, not at all. Not at all. And in fact, so I think we're talking about the, the Romeo ones. So I, I, I like this film a lot. I think it was better than Homecoming. Um, yes, me too. Um, I had a great time. I, lo- I love these characters, but the, it, to me, it, they haven't reached the heights of the Raimi trilogy. Kind of in terms of the affection I have for those characters. Um, I like Zendaya. I like uh, Tom Holland. Um, I'm not that invested in their nascent relationship, but uh, but it, it, it works. It's good. I do like them mm-hmm. together. Um, but I think maybe one of the, the I think this fits very nicely into the overall MCU. But one of the drawbacks, I guess, is because it's part of the MCU, there's less focus maybe on. A Spider-Man oh, film? Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think that they walk that balance well, but there's things they can't do that Sam Raimi could, I, I would say. Mm. Well, I, I, I have to say I, I enjoyed this film a lot, uh, definitely a lot more than uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's as you said, I, I enjoyed the relationship between um, Peter Parker and MJ. And I think that was what was lacking in Spider-Man Homecoming. We mentioned that in our yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast. There was a lack of uh, romantic interest and that kind of hurt Spider-Man's character in a way, which was, you know, a bit weird when you say it out loud like this, but it's true that one of his, you know, one of the things that makes Spider-Man Spider-Man is a lot to do with his partners. Um, exactly, yeah. I mean, and the first line of, of the first Sam Raimi one is this story, like any story worth, worth telling, is about a girl. And that's that's mm. where it kicks off. Um, I, I did feel actually while we were talking about MJ, she got a lot more, she had a lot more agency, I think, than, than Kirsten Dunst did back in the day. Um, mm. So I thought, I, I love Kirsten Dunst as MJ, but she basically just got kidnapped a lot. Um, <laughs> she does, doesn't she? <laughs> whereas MJ in this one, I mean, there's, there's still, I mean, the whole cast gets, gets attacked, I suppose. But, um, but she, you felt that she had more nows and was less reliant on him, I felt. Um, mm. I do like Zendaya, though. I really do. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's a great she's actress. Great. Um, I was finding the action a little bit bland at times in this one. Some some of it was phenomenal. Some of it was a bit by the numbers. I thought. I thought some bits weren't as clear as it could be. Yeah. It got very messy. Yeah. Especially the the last fight scene. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking of. Yeah. It, it just got very like uh, like you, you can't see what's happening very clearly. It just got a bit too much. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Should we go spoilers? I'll go, um. Yeah, we should go spoilers. So, spoilers, uh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. No, I could, oh, this is amazing. I couldn't see this coming. Um, Mysterio, yes, who what? throughout all his comic book history has been a baddie and sometimes pretends uh-huh. to be a goodie, but is actually a baddie, was actually <gasps> a baddie. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, everyone saw that coming. Do you think? That, do you think there's anyone in the cinema who was surprised by that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if you're not a comic book fan, which which a lot of people wouldn't have heard of Mysterio before this he's, he's flipping called Mysterio that's a bad guy's name that's a... <laughs> yeah like it was like his name was Doctor Doom yes yeah um I did I like the the fact that he was called Mysterio because it was Italian for mysterious which I don't know if that's true or not but, um, or mysterious <laughs> I, I like that idea so um so Mysterio was actually um a guy who used to work for Tony Stark mm. 
um, who lent him his the the CGI. Well, it says it's CGI illusions, mm. the the holograms, uh, holographs, holograms, yeah, yeah. Uh, technology that he loaned him and that was seen in I think Civil War. That's right. When um, Tony Stark was at the beginning of Civil War, when Tony Stark was introducing a very young Tony, uh, a very young Robert Downey Jr. Mm. In in that, so um, apparently. Um, he got shunned, was it? I can't remember what exactly happened to him. Tony Stark, he didn't steal his technology or anything. He just named it something. He named it Bath, which is yeah. a bit rude. But then I think, yeah, he also didn't use it to its full potential. Potential. Yeah. There seem to be a lot of disaffected um, people that Tony, Stark, Tony Stark has annoyed. Um, I mean, that's the villain in Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. Uh, and both uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yeah. Um, the vulture in Spider-Man. Um, yep. This guy, Ultron, Basically, to a certain extent. Uh, so it's all Tony Stark's fault, right? Really. Basically, he's caused most of the uh, most of the problems that he's then fixed, or in this case, let, left Spider-Man to fix. But yeah, I I, I I was already enjoying his performance, but I loved it when he uh, basically just became a really. He's walking around in um, one of those um, motion capture suits. Yes. Uh, and was basically just a, a vain actor. <laughs> I thought it was very amusing. Me too, me too. He, he was great. Um, yeah, he's, he's just a human being. He has no powers whatsoever. He creates illusions by using yeah his holo- holograms. Holograms. Yeah, he's just basically holograms. a very good actor slash visual effects guy. Yep. Um, and you kind of, yeah, you see him talking, oh, a bit more peril there, a bit more damage, yeah. uh, which was fun. And it also means, so we've seen the trailers, him saying that he's from a multiverse and that yes. was opened up in the, after the snap. Um, that's a lie. Do you think we're going to get multiverse? Do you think there's kind of a... Do you think he's... <laughs> oh, Colin, I saw your... Was it Facebook that you posted it on? Yes, um, there that... was um, there's a video by people called uh, NerdSync. Is yes. it Nerd, no, NerdSync? Or was it Nerd, no, no, Nerdist? Um, they did a video on Spider-Man into the multiverse, and it is phenomenal. Um <laughs> Give that a give that a Google. It's basically uniting um, the the, the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Arfield, and Tom Holland Spider Men, but it's done very very well. I thought it it was really really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so, so I guess there's two parts to the question. Well, one is is there going to be a multiverse in the MCU I, that means that they can bring in the Fantastic Four or the X Men or, or whatever else they I, want. I thought the intention was to do that so that Venom can join them. Or Venom, okay. Although Venom, I think, is theoretically already in that universe, isn't he? Or is he, okay. is he not? I don't know. Maybe not. Mm. Well, maybe not. Okay, that could work. And what's the second question? The second question yeah. is, are we going to get the full-on Spider-Verse with the old Spider-Man actors? <laughs> so you you have Tobey Maguire play an older uh, Wizen uh, Peter Parker, I mean, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he's not that old, but yeah, sure. <laughs> It's like early forties, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's pretty wizened. Um, yeah, pretty wizened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andrew Carfield is in his so forties, getting younger all the time. So. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's. I think that would work. I think that could work. I, I would love to see that. I, that, I, I would be so excited by that film. I think that would be absolutely. I mean, particularly if they bring, yeah, I don't know, Kiss and Dunst. If they bring in. Well, probably not Emma Stone because nope. she's, she's dead. But um, yeah, <laughs> she if, died. If they bring the supporting cast. Well, I think there's not a lot of affection for the supporting cast of Andrew Garfield's film. But if they were to bring in some of the supporting cast, particularly MJ um, from Sam Raimi films, that, that would be the. I'm so excited by that film. I mean, Colin, um, not to go too far, but based on one of the post-credit scenes, you could argue that the multiverse is already happening. <laughs> you should. Let's, well, let's jump to that. Why not? We can come back to other <laughs> stuff. Um, go for it. So in the first post-credit scene, you see J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson, as the editor of the Daily Bugle, and he was in the original Spider-Man, same same Raimi Spider-Man films as the exact same character. I mean, those films are much loved, but his character particularly was much loved. And some people talk about it as being one of the most accurate comic book portrayals. Um, and there was kind of talk of who could play that role better than him. Well. No, you don't have to worry about it. He's back, as you say. He's, he's um, back. He's lost his hair. Um, and he now works for a, an online blog um, rather than a web, uh, rather than a newspaper. Or not a blog, mm-hmm. an online news site. And he still doesn't like Spider-Man. He still doesn't like Spider-Man. He strikes me very much as kind of an Alex Jones, Alex Jones type character. I don't know if you know him. Um, just a kind of raving, polemic, screaming guy on the internet. Um, which I think was smart because... the. The Raimi trilogy is a bit more, kind of more of a heightened universe, I think. And if you had this, if you just transplanted the same J.K. Simmons performance, it would feel very weird. 
as a newspaper editor, I think. But as a kind of manic online guy, it fits nicely. He works um, and in the Spider-Man games. Um, uh, well, the recent Spider-Man game on the the PlayStation. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson's in it as well, oh, yeah. and he has a podcast. Okay, he does a podcast like uh, all the greatest uh, people. Exactly, <laughs> complaining about Spider-Man. This is so he works for the DailyBugle.net. I went to that website. It doesn't exist. Um, Sony have bought it. They've bought the domain name, but they haven't put oh. anything there, which strikes me as the strangest decision. Uh, surely you you want to use that to just just even if it's just redirecting to the Sony website. Mm, exactly, that's strange. Uh, anyway, yeah, I thought that bodes well. I, I'm assuming he's back for the next one rather than just an amusing cameo. Um, I hope mm. so. I hope so too. Uh, but yeah, that was the, the big first thing was that... Oh, um, apparently he didn't know that he was uh, going to be in it as well. They just brought him in uh, for a talk. So when you asked him to come in and then he said, oh, yeah, you're filming them. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah just because they want to keep it secret from everyone and they, else. They, they, well, they very much succeeded. Uh, yes, I didn't, exactly. didn't see that leaked anywhere. Um, and I guess the way they did it, he's just on a big screen. You, you, don't, you need one person with a camera, one guy holding a light, and you, you, don't, you don't need a huge crew or anything to, to get that shot. Mm. Uh, but yes, his his and um, Mysterio reveals Peter's uh, secret identity to the world, as well as making it sound like he was attacking the world. I think that's good, though. I think that's a good change. Do I you? mean, okay. it's always been about. I mean, all the past Spider-Man films has always been about Peter trying to hide his identity. You know, he's going through lengths to protect himself and his family about that. I think it's good that this, you know, the this series in the MCU is trying to break away from that it's interesting because the mcu really doesn't like secret identities do they i mean <laughs> well i mean given that the superheroes remove their masks every other second yeah <laughs> I, mean, but I mean literally the first film tony stark ends by saying i am iron man which, which at the time was a huge thing because no no superheroes ever did that mm. really uh, maybe the fantastic four had done but no, no one else had done that and now this one no one's hiding their identity at all as you say they got they're not even bothering masks spider-man was kind of the only one uh, I like the fact so MJ figures it, figures it out. I, I kind of liked the fact that uh, that she because she's not stupid. <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense, right? Anyone yeah. will figure it out. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if if I were any of the kids who were at Washington, <laughs> you you figure out immediately. Yeah. I mean, like, oh look, Spider Man's here in Washington with us, and Peter's gone. Yeah, and and Ned knows quite early on in the first film. Um, Aunt May discovers it right mm. at the end of the first film, and is is okay with it. Um, so you're kind of running out of characters who didn't know that you actually care about, I suppose. But to me, that's a shame. I, I like the idea that he's got to hide it from someone. Uh, okay, I'm going to bring some comic comic uh, knowledge into this. Oh, hit me. Okay, so Peter Parker has uh, revealed his identity in the comics before. So he did it once um, during Civil War One mm. during the Registration Act, where he revealed himself to the public. Okay. So what happened in the end was that because people know that... Um, he was uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. His enemies started targeting his family. Okay. And uh, Aunt May was critically shot oh. um, by uh, one of his enemies. I can't remember who it was. Um, and she was uh, on her deathbed in, uh, in, uh, in the hospital. And this is the version of Peter Parker when he was happily married with uh, Mary Jane. Okay. So he actually went and made a deal, literally made a deal with the devil. Yeah. yeah, you heard about this, right? I heard about this, yeah. Yeah, to, to turn back time to where he didn't reveal his identity, but in exchange, he'll lose his future with MJ. And this uh, plot line caused a lot of controversy when it came out. I bet, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm going to make a little wage with you. Um, the MCU will not go down the road of Peter Parker making a deal with the devil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Um, Definitely there could be, not. I mean, you could use, we've got Doctor Strange in this universe, there could be a time travel... I mean, the thing if if you want. No, wait, to they can undo. time travel. Hmm. Well, they've got a whole time travel, like all of Endgame, didn't they? So, uh, yeah. it'd be interesting. Um, my assumption is they're not going to immediately retcon this um, or, or undo this, they, but it might be that's the plot line of the next film. I don't know, or part of it, uh, because he's got these people. He's got MJ. He's got Aunt May again. Who are close to him. yeah, people to protect. I think that that was the main worry um, for Spider-Man why he needed to keep his um, identity secret. Hmm. Compared to like Tony Stark, everyone is surrounded by his money, mm. so he he'll be fine. Um, all his loved ones are surrounded by that. Or like the Fantastic Four, all their loved ones have superpowers themselves, so they're perfectly mm. okay to take care of themselves. The thing about Spider Man is that you know his his loved ones are human, mm. very human and very yeah frail, fragile. 
Speaking of uh, this, is I know well, we'll come back to the other the other post credits. But whilst we're talking about Aunt May, what did you think of the Aunt May Happy Hogan? Uh... Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, I love Marissa Tomei. I think she's, she's great in whatever she does, and <laughs> I, I think it's just it was very cute. It's fun. I because I, I, to be honest, I mean, back in the first one, I thought they were setting her up with Tony Stark. Yeah, but, me too. Um, but obviously, he's gone. So, um, I think she can do better than uh, than Happy Hogan. If I'm honest, she could, but. Eh, John Farrell, uh, you wouldn't say no, no to that, and I, I, I like the I feel, part where Peter, I feel like I feel like I would. Um. <laughs> I, I like the part where Peter set them both down as well to yeah, have the talk. That was, that <laughs> I thought was that was funny. very funny. So I, I, I like the fact we're keeping Happy Hogan around, I suppose. Um, mm. But yes, I, I didn't see that. Necess- well, I saw it coming in the trailers, but I didn't see it coming before that. Well, he kind of acts as a Tony Stark proxy anyway. Yeah, uh, I suppose that's film. Yeah. Um, Shall we go to the other post credits then? So. In this film, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, and Kobe uh, and Mariah Hill yep. uh, has has been in this film uh, pretty much the whole time. Really, they've been um, um, recruiting Mysterio and uh, Spider Man to help them fight the Elementals. They they even have got an action bit, well, a small action bit in the end in the the main fight in London. Yep. Yep. But then it turns out that they are actually Skrulls, the shape shifting aliens that we first saw in Captain Marvel. Mm. Nick Fury is. The Ben Mendelsohn character, Ta- Talos. No, I always get that right. Talos, yeah. Yep. And the other one is his wife, partner. Yep. Mm. And uh, Samuel, uh, Nick Fury is up in space, apparently, in a ship, uh, a scroll ship. Yes, they do a rather weird transition where they make it look like he's at a beach, and, mm. which he never looked much like it. And then it, um, then he's on a spaceship, which felt like they didn't need to do that. But there you go. But um, I, I love this review because it made a lot more sense. It made the film make <laughs> make a lot more sense because um, throughout this entire film, my main bugbear was that why is Nick Fury being so hard on Spider Man? Okay, like so hard on Peter Parker because all I was going to say is like he's just a kid. He really is just a he's really just a teenager, and you're trying to make him do all this stuff because of that. Mm. And now it makes sense because he's not the real Nick Fury. He's actually a scroll. So so why not? Um, yeah, I don't know whether they're setting up Element, uh, sorry, um, Eternals, whether they're setting up Fantastic Four, or whether they're setting up Captain Marvel 2, who knows, but um, something something up in space. Um, there was a, um, Mr. Sunday Movies, the YouTube channel, but he, he said in one shot there were apparently um, the numbers 1, 2, 3, dot, 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 something's coming, I think, in circles in the background. So it's just maybe that's a link to the Fantastic Four, oh. um, which I think they'll definitely bring in uh, soonish. Um, speaking of, of um, post credits things, the last post credits we saw from Homecoming was uh, was Scorpion um, being teased, and we saw nothing of him. Um, so I do wonder whether that's Sony nope, planning a Sinister Six. So we shall <laughs> we shall see. Uh, and callbacks, just to quickly mention, um, there's quite a nice callback to Iron Man One as well, um, where one of the characters turned up was was from that with with um, Obadiah Stane yelling at him. So mm. that tied in nicely. One other thing that amused me, so um, so Peter Parker, he lands in, in the Netherlands and he wears a Holland shirt. And I was quite amused with Tom Holland wearing a Holland shirt. A, <laughs> don't know whether that was deliberate. Um, uh, the Dutch are very friendly people, though. Is that right? Yeah, they seem very friendly in the, in the film. Oh, right. I thought this was from your wor- uh, worldly knowledge of Dutch people. <laughs> no, oh, okay. but they seem very friendly in the they film. They did seem very friendly. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, is there anything else? Um, that's that's all right. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, great performances uh, all around. But I look forward to a, seeing these characters again. Me too. This is a very great film. Uh, this is a very good film. And uh, very, very I feel film. that Spider Verse might be coming. It might be coming. There was um, there was an interview with Tom Holland, well, and and Zendaya and Jacob Batalon, Um But they asked him, oh, "Would you be up for the uh, a multiverse with Tobey Maguire and, and Andrew Garfield?" And he kind yeah. of, he kind of. Made the kind of face of I'm not allowed to answer this question. Um, <laughs> I love that face. Though. I've seen this interview. Yeah. I've seen his exact interview, and he looks so worried about yeah. this. Like I don't know how to answer this. How am I, what am I supposed to say in this? So that either means yeah, he doesn't want to be. He doesn't know what he's allowed to say because just generally, or it means that he knows there is going to be one. I think I'm reading too much into it. Anyway, um, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Check it out. And don't do what I did and ask for Spider-Man Homecoming tickets at the cinema because it's so confusing to have two titles that similar. <laughs> um, we move on to Actor Factor, um, the segment where we talk about the films of a particular actor and decide possibly even on the best and the worst. And this time around, it is Liam Neeson himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can... Oh, I've seen quite a few of his films, actually. Oh, yeah. Though none of the big ones. Also, I have not seen Schindler's List. 
Okay, that's the, the first one of his that I have seen. Okay, um, yeah, so I haven't seen that. So you can begin, Colin. Yeah, it's a very famous, obviously, Steven Spielberg film about um, uh, Second World War and uh, Schindler, who basically saved a lot of Jewish people from the, the concentration camps. Um, I've seen, I've mentioned this before, I think, on the podcast, but it confused me a lot because it was on two DVDs, the version I had, and I put the wrong the second DVD in first. So, um, so I was getting very confused with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, obviously, it's a very it's a very moving film indeed. Um, he's he's excellent in it, and this um, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, Steven Spielberg is is Jewish as well, so it's very close to his his oh. heart. And a big change for him because I, I guess he was more known for kind of child friendly adventures like your, your Jurassic Parks, your ETs, and all that. So it's not really child friendly. Jaws is not really child friendly. That's true. Jaws isn't. Um, I don't know how child friendly Close Encounters is, but it was kind of adventure films, and to do something this like a serious drama, I not. I don't think he's done a serious drama before this. I could be, I could be wrong. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 done very well. Ray Fiennes is, I think it's Ray Fiennes is uh, kind of evil, <laughs> well, e- e- even more evil than most Nazis. Um, it's uh, and then it ends very movingly with um, with with real life survivors um, being shown. Oh wow! So moving on from that serious film yes. to what Liam Neeson is more known of uh, nowadays is being an action hero in the Taken series. So these days, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a big sea change. And it was around the time that his wife died, in fact. But um, he, he suddenly stopped doing kind of weighty fare and started being a geriatric yeah, action hero. Yeah, became um, action hero, yeah. Um, I've seen Taken 1 and Taken 3. Okay. Uh, <laughs> only the, does, only does, the odd number Taken films for you. That's it, a, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, he's known for his um, the, the monologue on Taken. Um the, the phone monologue. I'm not going to repeat it over here. Um, I've not um, seen Taken films, but I have. I've attempted to do that monologue um, whilst dressed as Jack Sparrow. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, is that part of Hair and Hounds? Uh, it was part of Hair and Hounds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Taken one is actually pretty decent. Taken three is atrocious. Oh really? It's okay. really really bad. So I saw this uh, in Bristol actually. Um, with Baba and uh, so Baba's a mutual friend, <laughs> and okay. you know Baba likes all films. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, he likes most films. He sees the good in most films anyway. Okay. He hated this film as well. Right. <laughs> it's just really bad. It's really bad. The, the action scenes do not make sense whatsoever. It's so bad. It's laughable at so many serious bits. It's just awful. Awful, awful, awful. I don't know whether it's Taken 3 or Taken 2. There, there's a shot, um, of a famous shot of Liam Neeson climbing over a fence that was, was 16 different shots put together for him to mm. climb a fence, um, which is uh, mm. a YouTube sensation. Yeah, so he's done quite a few blockbuster type things. So um, he was in Star Wars Episode One. Um, yep, which is not the not the best Star Wars, probably the worst, the Star, worst Star Wars. Star Wars, it's pretty <laughs> terrible. Um, he's done Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises, which we've talked a lot about before. But he's he's very yep. good in Batman Begins. Um, Love Actually, he uh, he plays the the father of a of a of a kid, and he's he's and and, and uh, a widower. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I actually, I, I like Love Actually a lot. I think it's, I think it's very well done, and uh, and he's he's good in it. Uh, Gangs in New York. He um, has a big role in. Well, he did have a big role. He has a role in that. I can't remember how big or otherwise it is. To be honest, not, not one of the biggest ones actually. No, I've not seen Gangs in New York, so I can't really say. Uh, I'm trying to think, does he does he die early on? I can't remember now. Um, I, I enjoyed that film. It runs too long, I think, like a lot of Scorsese films do. Um, it didn't get great reviews at the time. I think Leonardo DiCaprio. It wasn't his first big role because obviously he'd done Titanic, but I think he was kind of seen as this pretty boy. Um, by a lot of the media so to have him in a, in a Scorsese film was seen as a really weird thing and obviously now he is basically Scorsese's go-to actor so it's, mm. he's viewed very differently uh, but yeah I think it's, it's, it's a good film Daniel Day-Lewis is phenomenal in it um, I think it's worth worth watching for that alone uh, and very brutal at times <laughs> I was going through my list while you were mentioning that so I was going to say that apart from the the, the Star Wars films. I've mostly seen him in action films. So he okay. was also in the the A Team. Oh, he was, yes. Yeah, with uh, Bradley Cooper um, as well. Um, I can't remember which uh, character he played. He played uh, Hannibal. Yeah, yes, that's right. The the leader, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a very forgettable film. Um, he he voiced someone in the Lego Movie. Um, pretty much everyone voiced someone in yeah. the Lego Movie. Well, he was one of the main I ones, wasn't he? He was the um the cop. Yes, uh, he was in Nonstop, a film <laughs> that is so forgettable that I actually had to Google the entire plot line and find out um, the actress playing the stewardess so that I can remember that it was actually the film that I saw. Like it was um, on a plane, wasn't it? That was it, it was on a plane. There's uh, Julian Moore as well on it. 
Oh dear, Julian. Oh dear. Yeah, um, it's not a great film either. But his most recent action film, Widows, which I've mentioned before in To See or Not To Zed, um, this is the one with um, Viola Davis. Yes. Um, it's a very good film. It's a very, very good film. And it's probably one of the better action films he's done recently. So if there's any one that you want to check out now, one of Liam Neeson's films, it, it would be that. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to correct you slightly. I think his most recent action film was Men in Black International, um, which I... Oh, so yeah, so Widows is still better then. Uh, yes, which I also didn't see on that recently and is bad. Um, he, he voices Aslan in three Narnia films. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only seen the first one. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, second one's pretty good. Third one's not very good. Um, I think there's there's always rumours they're going to do another one, but to be honest, they didn't... I don't think they will. And he voices another character. He did a lot of voice work. Um, he voices uh, the monster in A Monster Calls, which is really good. Um, J.A. Bayona, before he directed Jurassic World and before he uh, he's, he's due to direct uh, Lord of the Rings on Amazon, I think. First couple of episodes of that. Anyway, um, that's a really great film about a kid coming to terms with his mother's cancer. Um, and Liam Neeson does the voice in that. Uh, so I'm guessing your least favourite is Taken 3, is it? Yes, it's awful. Like, even worse than for the first Star Wars. Okay. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. Wow. My least, I've not seen the Taken, so I'm going to say my least favourite is the first Star Wars. And your favourite? Uh, Batman Begins is really good. It's really, really good. I also like the Lego movie and Widows. Okay, I'm going to go Batman Begins. There's some really good ones there, but I'm going to go that. Yeah. Um, who are we actor factoring next on, Dijon? JGL, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Only because I want to talk a lot about 500 Days of Summer. Okay, I look forward to it. Um, uh, and we can talk about Dark Knight Rises again. Yes, we can. Um, great, we move on to our final segment, uh, the quiz. I believe I'm 5-3 up for the year, and we're quizzing about um, the Jump Street films. Uh, Zijan. There have only been two. Hit me. In 21 Jump Street, what was the school play that Schmidt had a leading role in? Uh, I have... Oh, goodness me, that was the whole point of his arc, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um... I think it was probably Hamlet. It's Peter Pan. He was Peter Pan. Fair enough. Um, now, you say there's only two films, but my first question is, which two actresses are rumoured to be starring in 24 Jump Street? Uh, this is uh, Tiffany Haydish, right? And Aquafina. I'm afraid you're out of uh, out of date there. Um, no. Because it was them, but Aquafina's out. Um, I'm a generous man. I'll give you a chance to, to guess her replacement. What? I mean, like, this is... Oh, <laughs> this is tough, man. Um, like, what is this? Tell you what, I'll give you a clue. We've already talked about her uh, in this episode. Why can't I just get, like, one out of two? Surely that's good marks anyway. Just, come on, give me give me an answer. Oh, we talk about her... Mm, Zendaya. It is Zendaya. Very good. <laughs> uh, you seem very unhappy with someone who got that, who got that right. <laughs> uh, question two. What's the name of the university that 22 Jama Street is set in? Wow, I did no research for this. Um, I think it's the University of South Carolina. <laughs> you definitely didn't do any research on this whatsoever. <laughs> it's MC State University. They made it up. Fair enough. Um, what phrase does Jenko use instead of carte blanche in 22 Jump Street? I should know this. It sounded... Uh, I don't know. I really don't. Um, I'm, yeah, I can't even guess. Uh, uh, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. One of yeah. the best jokes I've Yeah. Uh, question three: Who played Deputy Chief Hardy in both Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street? Nick Offerman. Yeah, I love Nick Offerman. I just had to put him in the question. Question three: Who plays Deputy Chief Hardy in both films? <laughs> I, I also love Nick Offerman. Uh, Nick Offerman. I love. It was Nick Offerman. Offerman. He is oh, so good in everything he does. Yeah. Uh, question four: What animal attack? Uh, attacked Schmidt, uh, Schmidt in the back of a van in 22 Jump Street. It was, it was also in the trailer. It's, um, it's a squid. O- octopus squid type <sighs> thing. Yes, yes, I'll give it to you. It's an octopus. Octopus and squid are the same thing. Basically. No, they're not. They're so not. <laughs> they have different number of legs to begin with. Uh, they've both got no legs, surely. Anyway, um, question four uh, for you. What is Schmidt's first name? Uh, Morton. Very good. Uh, question five. So we all love the credit scene of uh, the fake Jump Street sequels so in uh, 22 Jump Street with the tagline Farmed and Dangerous. Where is 28 Jump Street set in? This feels like it's obvious, but... Um, <laughs> Go on, Colin. I feel like I'm falling into a trap here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, which number? Not, not that's going to help me. But <laughs> 28 Jump Street. Oh, 28. Oh, right. Farmed and dangerous. Can you spell farmed? It's armed with an F in front of it. Okay. Is it a farm? <laughs> you know, it's all been set in schools, right, Colin? I can't give it to you. F- farming school? It's a veterinary school. Uh, okay. Uh, so you've already won, but here's to, here's to cement your victory. Uh, in 22 Jump Street, what is the name of the drug that is being supplied on campus? Uh, it's Wi-Fi. Very good. And this, not no points for it, but do you know what it stands for? Uh, work hard, yes. Play hard, yes. Very good. You you have done your research this time. I need to draw a level with you. Well, I've actually five four for the year, so it's getting very close. Uh, next time, um, we are quizzing on Guy Ritchie films. Films directed by Guy Ritchie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Um after the news that he's not directing Sherlock Holmes, I thought, why not? Um, and you've already told our listeners, but what is our what is our topic for next time? The Lion King in live action. Sort of. <laughs> See you then. Bye.